What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Views from the Baseline presented by Baseline Times. I am your host, Chevy, here, and I am excited about this episode. If you all are listening to that intro track, it is fire. It is our first official intro track for this podcast only. And also, it's produced by my good friend, DJ G-Note, who I am also interviewing here on today's episode. So if you guys are into EDM music, DJ Gino is a part of the Los Padres music group. So check those guys out, support them, show some love. And I just want to say that I appreciate everybody out there supporting Baseline Times, listening to our shows, giving us feedback, comments, likes, whatever it is, retweets. Uh, We appreciate you guys. If you haven't already, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Baseline Times. Search us on Facebook, Baseline Times. Also, the website's up, as always, BaselineTimes.com. Also, I want to give a big shout-out to our Heels of Wrestling podcast as well. Follow those guys if you're into any sort of wrestling at The How Pod, and they're on Twitter and Instagram as well, producing episodes weekly, as wrestling really has been the only sport that's been ongoing ever since the pandemic has hit us. Uh, those guys are doing awesome work out there, so I just want to shout them out as well. DJ Gino, how you doing, my friend? Welcome, welcome to the podcast, man. Man, what's good, Chevy? What's good, man? Hey, what's up, everybody? Yeah, I'm really excited. You know, I, I've, I've always thought about putting together some sort of intro track, and I knew the one guy I really wanted to produce it. And man, you're you're a star, man. You know, I got I got to hype you up, man. You're a star, so I'm I'm excited. Like I'm really happy. Like it sounds great. Hey man, DJ hey, Gino, that, you did your thing on this intro, man. Like I feel so, I don't know. I feel so like, I feel almost like you know, like I'm one of Jordan's teammates on Last Dance. Like, like you're the goat, <laughs> <laughs> bro. You you're making me too hype, man. And oh my gosh, I'm I'm glad you really like it, man. I'm glad I want to nah, bring dude, some. Uh, it's awesome. Some sounds to you, man. Hey, absolutely, bro. So DJ Gino, you know this is part of like our quarantine series here. Obviously, no <clears> sports. Uh, one of my greatest ideas was to definitely bring people on. Let's do some cross promotions. Um, but as always, I like taking care of of the circle, the family, and you know, you're you've been always one of my good friends here. So we'll just do a nice little interview sesh here, talk, chop it up, talk some sports, and because uh, you're a sports fan, you know, that's that's what oh, you do. Absolutely, you're a sports fan. But um, outside of a sports fan here, um, let's just introduce yourself. You know, man. Um, obviously DJ G Note. Uh, you and I met based on uh my uh, dj history so um you know uh, i guess explain to the people i i kind of i kind of i kind of nurtured you at some point and showed you how to dj i guess i don't know you want to go down and say that <laughs> man but, listen there was a time where, where there chevy knew a lot of the ones and twos man and he was teaching me everything about it and um i was really grateful to just be i guess even in the presence of this guy and he really nah. he showed me he showed me hey man he showed me like True, true story though. We, you know, obviously we come from very different backgrounds. But I remember when I first got in the company that we that we worked with back in the day. That he was like, one day you'll get to work with Chevy, and I'm like, man, like I can't wait because you keep talking about him. Like you keep, you know, like he must be some some top notch DJ. And then I remember when I got the the time to work with this kid. Sure enough, man, it was I learned a lot, and it's cool because like, you know, we come from different backgrounds. This guy's hip hop game was on you know tip top shape. The reggae all this stuff and it was just kind of neat man because he taught me a lot that i still kind of carry to this day 
um, whether it's in my music or even just my own listen, personal taste, you know, that I like to, it's just, you know, something I think about and, and attaches to memories that we have. Cause, uh, it was a really, you know, fun time in my life. And I'm sure it was for him too, man. We were just DJs, just shooting it up, you know, throwing some of our favorite tunes and just making a good time of it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, dude. Like, I think one of my, my, my favorite DJ memories, uh, would be uh, you know, obviously with yourself and a couple other guys, but no, I mean, you're right. I mean, I'm very humble, man. So I'm just, you know, I'm honored, man, that uh, to see where you've taken it. Obviously, we'll talk a little bit about yourself here in a moment and what you actually do and the path you've taken. But, um, you know, I've taken my audio path this way with the podcast and Baseline Times. You've taken yeah. your audio path a different way. And here we are back again. So you know, this is beautiful. Um, and I think we, we, we could shout out somebody early in this podcast. One guy that's responsible for this is Arnaldo, man. We can shout him out. I feel Arnaldo like he would listen to this. Offerman. I feel like he should listen to this episode. He probably will. And we, not to waste your time, Arnaldo, but you know, three minutes, three four minutes in, shout out to you, man. You made this happen today. Oh, uh, you know him, man. Time is money with Arnaldo. He'll be, you know, you got to shout him out quick before he has something else happen and somebody's calling his phone. <laughs> right. For He's sure. He's always on the phone. <laughs> for sure, for sure. But no, man, that's been an honor. I mean, that's just a level of respect and and the, the times that we've had and. Uh, but you know, ultimately, we're sports fans, and and on top of just DJing, like we connected on, on a sports level. Um, I think one of the first memories is with you is like outside of like work, work, and then doing gigs and events was playing 2K. That was pretty uh pretty fun and interesting times. Like we would play 2K together and kind of crack jokes on each other, and uh, <laughs> yeah, we we had a really good time doing that. And that's it's kind of like what what developed this relationship here, and then uh. I'm, you know, I'm really excited, man. I'm really excited to have you here, and this is different for me. I'm not really used to uh, interviewing somebody that's that I've worked with. I, everybody's been, uh, I guess I've worked with them, but I've kind of recruited them to do this. I said, hey, get on a podcast. I mean, you could talk sports, or just people I've grown you know, to talk sports with over the internet over the years, but never like a close personal friend. So I think you're one of the first, man. So appreciate Hey, man, you. I'm glad to be a part of this. I'm glad to... I'm glad to share it with you too, man. Like this is like you said, we're homies, and also on a cool thing, we get to talk about the one thing we enjoy most—not only just music, but sports, man. Like on, on a on a cool, like you know, debating level. This is really exciting. This is really really exciting. So for sure. So um, yeah, tell tell us about yourself, man. What what are you doing? Like what about your journey? Obviously, we we talked about DJing, we talked about music, sports. Um, what are you up to these days, man? <clears throat> so. A little bit of a little bit of obviously everybody's stuck at home first and foremost. We're uh, you know we're stuck at home trying to make the best of it. So that's that's what I've been trying to do too. I'm just trying to make the best of what we got going here. I'm working on a lot of uh, music that uh, we have sort of a new quarter coming up with the summer here, and we're, we're facing sort of a new direction. Uh, as you said earlier, I'm, I'm in a project uh, a, du- a duo a DJ duo that's called Los Padres and sort of an EDM electronic act, but kind of exciting things. And I'm really glad to even kind of pre- uh, present it here with you is that. Uh, sort of new direction that we have with music more of a modern pop kind of like a latin vibe that we got going we're collaborating with some just really really exciting artists and it's taken a time that we've had to collaborate virtually and it's been something new and kind of unorthodox where you know i've like had to stay home i can't really go anywhere so i've had to collaborate with people across the states across you know the nation across countries and wherever we're at and um it's been just really fun and challenging but this is a time where i feel like you know now Everybody is, uh, you know, trying to make the best of it. I'm sure I'm not the only one, you know, making music and trying to work on my craft and trying to, you know, work on what we got going. Everybody's trying to do that. So that's that's kind of what I've just been taking home with. And uh, on, aside from that, you know, just trying to get some peace and time to myself. And, uh, you know, that's, that's really it. So, 
Yeah. Oh, can't, can't forget the last dance too. I got I got to add that in there. That's definitely <laughs> giving me some life. <laughs> for sure, for sure. I mean, so it's, you know, just obviously kind of just backtracking. So overall, like you know, like your path, your journey is definitely with uh, you know the music production, the DJing, um, this this new direction with the group, and uh, that's kind of like how you know to explain the past is where you went with everything, and here I am, you know, talking about sports on a podcast. So that's just a little. Little, you know, differences of how, you know, we kind of, I guess, the fork in the road there, but here we are back together. So, um, in, in a sense, with this interview today, um, what about, like, you know, sports for yourself? Like, what are your favorite sports, favorite teams? Like, who did you grow up idolizing, watching, current favorite, favorite players? Yeah, man. So, first and foremost, I'm a, I'm a Miami guy. I'm a Miami-Dade guy, so I'm a huge uh, basketball nerd, follows into the Miami Heat. Uh, culture and so I, I live and breathe the uh, the 305 but I love me some football as well but it's a little bit strange uh, I grew up in Miami and, and and but we were always Dolphins fans and unfortunately as a kid I just refused to accept <laughs> losses constantly constantly oh, letdowns boy. and letdowns I mean we had Dan Marino and it was nice man but uh, that was all we had that's it you know we had Don Shula back in the day but that was it and, we're, and it's, it's a shame that we're still talking about Don Shula now and you know RIP right, right. You know, Don Shula but it's just like man it's so sad to know that Miami's still holding on to some of these things in a football perspective thank God LeBron came and injected some life in the NBA side well not even that oh, respects to D Wade too but the, the the trio that came in and kind of injected more basketball life into the to the to the Heat City but as far as like basketball like football it just died so for me I was remember on I never forget as a kid. It was a Thanksgiving in Miami, and I was watching just the Vikings, and Warren Moon was uh, just killing it, just just killing it. And Chris Carter and the crew, Robert Smith, and all these guys, and I just remember, like who 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 dresses purple, like like uh, on a uh, like on a football team, man. Like what is this? And it just really like a, it, it intrigued me. And then that kind of you know falling into, I was a fanatic of Randy Moss. To me, Randy Moss was like. Ah oh, man, like I I can't think of a bigger idol as me as a child, other than a sports figure. Um, you know, I'm sure well, a lot of people looked up as Michael Jordan. Like to me, Randy Moss was like that guy. Like he was just an unbelievable talent, and he was the only thing kind of like bringing the Vikings to some sort of like sustainability, something to talk about. And then you know he he was just crazy, man. So I grew up a Vikings fan, a, a Miami Heat fan, and those are really my my two biggest sports. But fun fact, I, I was a huge wrestling fan as a kid. I was a huge, huge wrestling fan up until maybe like middle school or high school. Uh, I, I even attended WrestleMania when I was, uh, I think, 16 when it came to Orlando. Whatever it did, I think it was like uh, Shawn Michaels' last match. Like I was really into you know those those main sports, just the entertainment aspect of it, really. But um, that was uh, that was those are really like the big, big sports that I, I just you know live live and breathe for. I guess still to this day. So for sure. So you're you so you stuck with the Vikings. You're saying you're a Vikings fan and it's present day and time. That, I mean, that's I the cool thing about sports, man. It, you know, we always hear those stories. Well, you know, my dad was a, a Dolphins fan, you know, or my mom was from here, or I was born here. But, like, you know, those, I like those stories where, because my stories are boring. Like, I, I'm a Florida fan because I have, you know, I was born and raised in Florida in Orlando. But, you know, I hear those stories. Are like, I just picked up one day, you know, like, like your story about the Vikings. I never knew that, actually, by the way. I knew you were a Vikings fan, but I didn't know why. <laughs> but but that's actually a really cool story, man. Like you just picked up one day, you you obviously saw yeah, yeah, something man. that you liked about, and that was actually a good team to like follow and see. So we uh, that's the thing is, unfortunately, the story is not one of those stories. Where it's like wow, you know, you're from Miami and you like the Dolphins. You must have been a 
you know, a, a Patriots fan or something more. No, nah, man, like I just went to the Vikings. Like it was, it wasn't, they haven't won any Super Bowls. I haven't, you know, it's nothing been as except, but it's just like the player. I, I think I fell in love with a lot of the players and like the, the dynamic of the team and what they brought, you know, Chris Carter was sort of in the beginning stages. And I don't know if you know this, but like, he was like a drug addict and a lot of these crazy things. And to me, like I looked into Chris Carter sort of like an idol. Cause he got over that. And he was wearing a Vikings uniform the whole time that he was kind of going through these things. And he, now to this day is, is, is looked, you know, highly upon one of those guys that overcoming those obstacles. And like, I'm glad that I can talk about that as a Viking, you know, one of those, he's, he's a hall of famer, one of the greatest wide receivers. And I got to see a little bit of him and I'm really glad that, you know, I, I can remember that still talk about it. And, you know, it's, you know, the Minneapolis miracle, you know, that to me, that was really cool. But like, I don't know, man, I, I still think the freak and Randy Moss to me will always be a home uh, when it comes to that. So. No, I mean, that's dude, that's, I didn't know anything that you extended that far into being a Vikings fan, but that makes me, I mean, <laughs> not that I didn't respect you as a Vikings fan, but I, I it's just funny to, to, to see like kind of unpeel and see like the reason why behind like the Vikings, why are the Vikings coming from Miami? But nah, man, that's awesome, bro. But see, this is, this is what I love about like having these conversations and, and creating this podcast, just kind of finding the journey of a sports fan. Um, and then just in between of like, you, you 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 know you look at a guy like yourself and you're like well you know this guy he's more in the music game the music production but like that's the other side of you the sports world you know and that's why you're here with me having this conversation today because you know we, we've obviously collaborated here um mm-hmm. so you know be, beyond like like sports like what beyond just that impact um chris carter the vikings um any like current favorite players you have Ooh, current favorite players man i uh Ooh, yeah, you know, I'm gonna have to go with, and it's kind of crazy. I'm a huge, and I, and I hope I don't speak too early into it, but I, I and, it, and it's the Viking era. I'm sorry, a Miami Heat thing, but I'm a big Tyler Hero fan right now. I'm a big fan of this rookie class that came in to the NBA this year. I'm, I'm a big Zion Williamson fan. Like right now, these are players that like I'm, I'm really like following. I think uh, I, I just kind of fanatic, but obviously like not to be too mainstream and. You know, I like LeBron, or I like these other guys. I like these cat, these cats that are bringing something kind of unorthodox to the game. Uh, what's this guy, Gil, Gilchrist from the from the Thunder? I think is it SGG. Yeah. I forgot his name. I, I I'm following Shy, him like yeah. crazy. Shy and, you know, and I, yeah, man. And like a lot of these guys aren't talking about him, but I'm I've been following him for a minute, and he's a favorite player of mine just because of the grit, you know, and an attitude that he you know he brings. And um, you know, to me, those those are cats that I'm following now. Now. Who is and I, I feel weird saying this, but like a guy that I really f- am just crazy about, and I just love his game still to this day. And he's an old school cat. And I'm so glad that he returned to the court, but I just love him so much. Is Carmelo Anthony, man? Like I'm a huge, huge mellow guy, and a lot of he's taken a lot of heat lately. And I was one of the few weirdos and crazies that were just, you know, pitching an argument that I'm like, nah, man, this guy still brings a lot. You know, he he can come off the bench, but this man can give you still a solid 15 like hustle points at. You know, you probably can't get from these other cats. And I was just huge, huge Carmelo fan. I'm really glad that he's still, you know, playing it. But I'm a huge, I'm a huge fan of this young, this young crew that's coming in. So, I can, yeah, I, absolutely, I can agree with that. I, I love, I love this draft class. Unfortunately, season got cut here, but you know, mm-hmm. that's for the better of the world. But uh, no, I mean, I really, I really would say one of the things actually knowing that. Uh, as a Miami fan, like, cause I think, you know, you're a faithful, you're a Miami faithful, like Miami heat faithful. So I'll give you that. Okay. Um, <laughs> what, what about like that, that time frame of like the trio? Like, I feel like 
Heat fans don't want to come out too much and just be a little. You're more on the humble side, but like, like LeBron, man, like you know, just <laughs> like some of these guys. I mean, you got Wade. Like, you you would expect for me, I would expect you to say that. <laughs> Are we talking current? So so if we're talking. Well, I mean, just like players. overall, like if you're talking about current players, but also like you know, like who who just like has inspired you? Who who you followed? I mean, I get like the Chris Carter thing. I respect that, but like, you know, as as a Miami fan, like I would ride. Man, I would. Uh, the clout Dude. of the trio, man. I would ride it. I, mean, I would ride the clout more of just D Wade. I'm a I, well, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm a huge trio. I'm and especially and I hate how Chris Bosch. I still feel to this day he doesn't really get enough love from the trio. That he he contributed a whole lot more than people think. But um, the trio was nice, man. It was a good time to be a Heat fan. But I think the win in Dallas in 2006 was so much sweeter than any of the wins that we got. Even if it was LeBron's first ring, in a, and it was crazy because we, you know, he got to share that with us. But man, the circumstances, the the obstacles that D Wade had to overcome in 2006 with that team and who he did it against, it was just something I'm I'm glad that I got to witness on live television. Now, don't get me wrong, man. When Ray Allen hit the shot, I was freaking out. Don't get me wrong, but I just think to me, D Wade is always going to stay one of my top top players. Um, I, I hate saying it because everybody from Miami says it, but what he brings off and on the court is something so concrete that a lot of these athletes athletes don't. And even to the extent of what's happening now in his life with his trans, you know, his kids and his transgender uh, child, and how he's you know stepped up to the plate and and spoken so uh, you know profoundly of it, and and how he even turns the table and is just like, man, like a lot of people think like you know they're learning a lot from me from her, but like I learn a lot from her you know, speaking out about what's going on through her life. And man, like to me, like that really in a weird way has inspired me um, because like you don't hear athletes like that speak out, you know, like because either, you know, they get critiqued, drilled or some of these things. But man, D-Wade, those are those things I look up to a lot, you know. Um, so, yeah, of course, man, you, you can't go wrong going with D-Wade as a, as a Miami guy. Wade City, man, it's that's how, it's how it is. It's, all, it's always going to be. But um, but yeah, so... <laughs> No, it's it's perfect. I mean, I mean, it, but it's obvious. You know, it's a cliche as a Miami Heat fan. I get it. No, d- definitely. But one of the you know the better fits that you know you always have like that generational like star player for your team, and for whatever reason, you know the name matched <laughs> to the city. I mean, it's a guy yeah. literally from Chicago, man. He had no association or ties with Miami before he got drafted by the Heat. So I think it's an incredible story. Um, and just being able to kind of fit in and just just be a huge part of the community and success for the Miami Heat. So no, I mean kudos to them. And then you know I, I I'm I'm a big fan. I love I love the coach. I love Eric Spolstra. So you know I think yeah, he's, man. he's a great it's coach, stories, underrated coach. Uh, yeah, definitely one of the underrated coaches in the in the NBA right now. And um, I'm, not, I'm not much of like a supporter of Miami because being up in Orlando, to be honest with you, <laughs> I always have the beefs and the rivalry. I guess they call it a rivalry, even though like. There's never really been that time where the Magic and Heat have been absolute like head to head, right? Complete polar opposites. So I don't know. I think it's more of a fan. You know, it's funny, man. I think it's more of like an Orlando fan base than it is a the team thing. You feel me? Like, so if right. you go to like a, a Orlando game, it's more like the fans are like, "Oh, where are you from? Are you from my?" And it's like that's more that kind of is more right. than is like the actual teams. That actual hate, I guess, like the like Jimmy Butler ain't hating anybody on the Magic right now, and D- Dwayne Wade never hated anybody on the Magic years. Dwight Dwight Howard to Turkaloo to any of these guys, he never hated any of those cats. But like, I know when I go to these Magic games, living in Orlando, 
I don't like any of these fans, bro. I don't, I don't like any of these guys. There's just so, but it's fun, you know, and, and that's what I, that to me is the rivalry behind. And it's funny because like you got to be there to really understand that rivalry because it's not, like you said, you don't see it from an ESPN broadcast. You got to kind of be there to understand like, oh, this is my land. I, I'm in Orlando. You go to your, you know, you go four yeah, hours yeah. up, you know, down south to go where you're, you're from. So that's what's kind of cool. And um, I'll tell you what, man, it's, it's nice because Orlando shows up. You know, they, a lot of people always joke around with Florida not being you know, whatever. But when it comes to the magic and the heat, man, we do have a lot of heat fans that pull up, but I've been to the heat games over there in American airlines arena. Magic fans are there, bro. Magic fans pull up. And I'm like, wow. Like where were you? Like, wh- where, like, I didn't know you guys existed to be honest with you. I, like, I didn't know the magic fans <laughs> leaked all the way to the three Oh five, man, but you just yeah, loud and proud. There. And in they're there. in there, man. And it's really cool. So that's, that's, that's been fun with the rivalry with the in-state yeah, you know, I, yeah, I think it's more like fan in state, you know, rivalry, mm-hmm. but it's still, you know, it's still a fun, you know, like I said, it's it's fun, but it's just we haven't been like I don't think like we've been equally bad probably at one point, but not like say equally so. good. <laughs> so it's like damn, like you know, yeah. like what, what are we what are we fighting about here? But yeah, definitely fan driven more or less than anything else. Um, you know, what about sports, man? Like you know, growing up, like what intrigued you to get in sports? Because uh, talk about like your, um. Your talents, though, man, instruments like that's the one thing with DJ Gino has. That's where you get your DJ name from, right? Hey, man, that, that's it. And uh, you're probably one of the few to first to ever hear it. To be honest with you, I think I came up with the name working in the company, and I think you, Arnaldo, were one of the first people to hear it. And I remember there was like, yeah, man, that that fits you. It's where you're from. Never changed it. Never looked back and kind of kept it as it is just because like i don't ever want to forget uh where i came from you know what i mean and i thought the name kind of stuck i thought it was cool whatever you know i could it but yeah, i mean i thought it was kind of neat but um as far as your answer like you're asking about like sports is that what the question was well you know you i've seen in my vision man you've you've been a mu- you're a music man to me mm-hmm. and um the instrument what instrument do you play or so my primary instrument is uh is cello so i've been playing cello uh, since I was about nine years old. Um, but fun fact, I, I started out as a violinist uh, because of my sister. She is three years older than me. And I always, you know, was that little brother that looked up to your sister. And, you know, whatever she did, I'm going to do it too. Because it looked cool. She, you know, she looked cool doing it. I want to look just as cool. So I remember my sister would play the violin. And I was like, oh, let me give it a shot. But then come one summer, uh, you know, I, I see this other instrument, the cello. And um, I was like, you know what, man? I got a whole summer to kill. Let me just, you know learn this instrument and fun fact man i learned how to play the cello by learning or by buying a disney like a fat disney book from uh the music store and it was just all these covers like the hunchback of notre dame from little mermaid to all these little covers of the theme songs and i learned how to read music from cello playing uh disney songs and i just never looked man that was just kind of my thing cello was my first and my first in love and i never looked back and then i kind of picked up piano around 14 15 and took it a little bit more serious in college around 19 and oh i i guess i could say i gave singing a shot man i guess everybody does that <laughs> but uh i did it when i was like 12 i did this choir thing i did a couple christmas concerts it was cool but uh you know it, it nah was it wasn't my calling wasn't my calling i stuck to you know the more the the instrumentation behind it and then um not to get too deep into it but after you know school man i i remember talking to you about a lot of things in the in the in the mixing school and our good friend jonathan and you guys were just so invested in the audio school and i'm like man like i don't have the time or the money to really like go into this but like what the hell is being offered there like what are they what do they got that i, I want to learn about and that really was a big um 
you know, inspiration to kind of getting into the production standpoint, you know, years later after the whole cello thing and whatnot, like this is more behind the scenes. And I, I think I found my true calling there, man. Like, and it's funny cause I consider that an instrument too. Like production is an instrument. A lot of people don't think it is, but like, it's a beast, you know, it is, it is the big beast behind it. And if you learn how to, you know, it's a craft, if you know how to, you know, touch up your craft, man, it's an instrument too. So yeah. <laughs> right. No, I mean, with all that being said, great fabulous history because obviously it proves my point that you you are a music man but uh what's the getaway from it what what is your escape from from music it's funny man it's when especially now as as it's a full-time uh profession podcast man podcasts and it doesn't it's not necessarily a sports podcast i can or your typical the guy joe rogan podcast that every you know, buddy usually turns to, I, I like listening to kind of, man, a little bit of everything and anything educational, political, something to kind of get my mind off of things so that when I listen back to music or when I go back to music, it's, it sounds new again. It doesn't sound like I've been listening to it all day or, because even if you stay in the road, in the realm of music, you know, I'm listening to different genres and such, man, like it's, I'm not, you know, the energy is kind of keeping there. So I'll turn to like podcasts and stuff like that. So, so but a big escape for me, man, is podcasts and sports, sports specifically on, a, you know, it's been tough these days with quarantine, you know, looking to have that escape with, you know, because now music's being more taken you know, full time and there's not really a, anything to take off the steam with sports, but thankfully, you know, you got your last dance and then you got, you know, I got my 30 for 30 documentaries yeah. that I look at some time to time, you know, just those things to me, kind of gives me a little bit of a, a breather. Um, because, um, it's no, I don't know, man, like, and not to, not to sound too cliche, but like, I can kind of relate to some of these other sports figures and such, because like, I'm sure they have a passion for the sports the same way that I like, you know, this, uh, we do music or we do that our passion for a career. So like, I like to look at it kind of different ways. And so like go behind the scenes of a Dennis Rodman, you know, documentary and really see what drove this man, you know, what, what really gave him that, you know, instead of just you know reading headlines and, and kind of, you know, skipping, you know, stories and such. That, that that's what really escapes me uh to, to to an extent yeah absolutely and i think that you know that we'll talk about the last dance here in a few more moments but i think it's a beautiful thing to really tap into the minds of some of the greats and, and the the ability what drove them you know because everybody knows what you're supposed to do for certain things it's like okay i know in order for me to go out and be a great basketball or let's just say you focus on great being a great rebounder like dennis rodman as an example you got mm-hmm. you got to learn how to box out properly you got to learn a little bit of you know of how to get to the ball quicker or train your body to get to the ball quicker or in rodman's case he obviously learned how jump shots would come off like how michael's jump shots would come off the rim like who thinks of that right like it's insane, right? When you really look into the technical, technical, yeah, man. That. So, I, I I love that part of it. But no, you're absolutely right, man. It's just you know, um, I, you know, I was so inspired to create baseline times, and just because I felt like sports really just took people away from different things in life, like stress, or just took away, you know, from just some sort of you know, everyday normalcy that people go through. You wake up, people who work nine to five, you wake up, get dressed, you know, whether you have kids, drop them off of school, daycare, whatever, go to work, come back, you know, and then you have like a ball game you can talk about in between the work, the work, you know, day. You can go home and, and see, you know, watch a ball game. You go yep, home and yep. watch ESPN and just kind of get away for a second. And for once, you know, and it's, it's a rea- reality. It's realistic. It's sports, you know, it's not just like a fake cartoon that you're about to turn on. I mean, I don't think it's cartoons for everybody like cartoons, but um, 
you know, I mean, it's just one of those things that like I I, I love about like to kind of just showcase with yourself. Like you're again a music man, but here you are including sports, and you you have such like a deep love for it as well. Um, what what kind of like turned you on to sports? So like, did you play a sport? Or were you kind of pushed towards playing a sport? In between school. Oh man, great question. I, to me, <laughs> yeah, and and all of the above, brother, all of the above. I to me, when I was a kid, I started. Um, shoot, what was the very, very, very first sport? I'm gonna. I think I'm pretty sure it was baseball because baseball was a big part of my early yeah, career, my... early life. You know, and that was to me. I don't know about you, man, but my parents, you know, they're Cuban, so they're just like, hey, <laughs> what do Cubans do best? And I'm like, uh, oh well, man. There we go. And sure enough, bro, they stuck me in a baseball and, and you know, it wasn't my calling, but my right. father had a hard time accepting that. So he was like, man, we'll give it this another year. I'm like, pops, like you're the only one cheering me in this in, in, in the audience. Like, ain't nobody want me to be batting here, bro. Like I'm not getting anywhere. <laughs> and sure enough, bro, like after a couple of hit by pitches and me just crying to him after the game, like I'm going to get hurt. Like this, do you want, like, I'm, this ain't going anywhere, dad. I'm not getting that scholarship, you know? <laughs> right, and, right. uh, he took me out. I, I did peewee football for a little bit as well. And um, that didn't get anywhere either, bro. Like, it was just, you know, and I was just like, damn, like, what, what am, what's my calling here? You know, I tried sport. And then I did wrestling when I was 15. And I did that for maybe a year. And that was really fun because that taught me a lot of, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? It just taught me a lot of uh, sustainability and really, like, how to respect another, you know, elder, your elderly. Because I remember my coach, man, he just you know, he wouldn't put up with anything. And I was like a freshman and I was kind of, you know, growing, growing up and I just didn't, you know, I was kind of rebellious, but that taught me a lot on maturity and stuff like that. So sports really taught me a lot of teamwork and, uh, you know, craftsmanship and, and, and to really like grow with another person, because, um, even with wrestling, when you're fighting, you know, against the other person that you were like, you got to talk to them like five minutes later and you got to hang out with them. Like you got, you know, you're not, that's not somebody you just turn your face. So these are things like you got to, as a man kind of accept, like, you know, like these are sports, like you just do this for fun, but like you can be boys after this. You can talk about it and learn from each other and grow from these things. And that to me was sports was really just about, man, it was cool, but uh, I failed miserably at that as well. You know, I didn't do that well after that. I did wrestling. I think that was my, after that, I just took music full time. I think my parents understood that sports was just for me to, look from a television and not from more as a, <laughs> as a thing. But as you can see, man, I'm sure as you remember, you know, I could, I could run the streets a little bit in the courts as, as a young 18 year old, but uh, I would never take anything as a professional, but I do. I absolutely love playing, you know, in the LA fitnesses of the world with a couple friends and pick up games. It's something I hope to never, you know, stop doing anytime soon. Cause sports is just one of those things, man. Like it, thankfully it's just an escape for, for a lot of things. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, uh, you know, we're both here because, yeah, I wasn't uh, tall enough for basketball. Uh, you know, I was mm-hmm. I was always a point guard. So because, you know, my height, I mean, and that, that stirred, stared me in a direction to where I had to learn how to dribble better than the other guys and being, be able, being able to shoot in the ball. So that was my, my little niche in basketball. But not nah, we're both here because, yeah, uh, this wasn't our calling, man. So... But hey, we're you know we we found we found a path and a direction, um, and here we're talking about it. We're talking about it and we're watching it. That's the other option that we had. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> moving forward here, man. So you know, um, you're the music man. You know, you obviously had a little taste of sports in life. Um, really, it, one of the things that you know I hear you mention is kind of like you know about kind of just tapping in, watching these documentaries because obviously 
you know, there's so so many similar concepts. And I think they're like kind of like getting to like the last dance conversation is that there's so many different things in life to do. And you always wonder like the drives of people. And Jordan even said it in the last, you know, dance documentary was that he wanted to work on his craft, focus on his craft. And that was basketball. And, you know, it doesn't matter what you do. In my opinion, whether you want to be a music music producer, a DJ, you know, like us, or if you want to make a podcast, I mean, it is what it is. Whatever you want to do, you set your mind to it, but perfect that craft and have the focus on it. So I think there's like this underlying like agenda that you know we we like to see and how the preparation of it happens. And mm-hmm. I don't yeah. think a lot of people understand that. And I think that you know coming off the last dance, you know, I do, I do a recap episodes and you know my final thoughts about that was i hope it does inspire people man and um you know i'm glad like it's cool to hear it from different people from different perspectives and from different like markets or different you know professions in a sense yeah i'm gonna call you professional you know it's and that's like the what i what i'm trying to broadcast out to hear for people listening you know whatever we said on the last dance a recap episode it's not just about playing sports it's about in any different aspect of the world or any other different profession or what you want to put your mind to it and I think that we're in a great era where we can start really inspiring. We can. The thing is, we can outreach to the younger generation a little bit more easier. Come on, you know, you know about TikTok videos, Instagram stories. Uh, you know, uh-huh. there's a lot of ways that we can reach. And right now, it's full of nonsense. But I feel like, you know, if you want to perfect something, you want to get inspiration. You, there's platforms for it. So, um, no, I'm glad that you you have went over that and you said that. Um, let me ask you here. Sports are canceled, man. What's like your first reaction about like the NBA canceling the season, March Madness being getting canceled? Like, where you know, were you? Like, what were you doing? It, <laughs> how, how, initially, I was like, I thought Adam Silver, what he did was the best approach. I mean, I'm, I'm a huge Adam Silver fan. I think what he does and stands for in the NBA is, is just top notch. And I think the approach he took to shutting it down after the was it the Oklahoma City game and the Kings, I think it was it. I forgot what it was. And he just he shut it down. And I was first, I was really, really mad, man, because I was like, damn, like this this is gonna be awful. But I feel like if he didn't take an approach like that and set a tone for a lot of the rest of the world, and I know that might seem a little drastic, but after Adam Silver shut the NBA, it was a big domino effect right. to what the uh what was else happening with everything else shutting down. And I thought, you know what? This is an understanding. I was I was angry at first, but I was like, nah, like I think if we're all okay with understanding this, we can be. You know, we we might actually appreciate this later, but I was very angry at first. And then I remember being, you know, like, got no basketball. Like, what do we have, like, a month or two left? I know, like, a couple teams are making a late playoff push. I was like, maybe we could just skip the regular season and just jump into, you know, the the, the playoffs. But then you're like, you know what? You got Portland. You got all these other teams that are fighting for seeds. They're just like, nah, like. Give me, give me a little bit left, and so I was just very confused on what I wanted if it when it came back. So I was just damn, bro, like, what do I want, really? And I think at the end of the day, man, I think with the approach of what we're doing now, with teams just kind of being quarantined in certain areas, and I think Orlando is being considered on one of those places being played and stuff like that. I think if it's being handled in a good way, in a professional manner, like obviously medical people first and foremost, because Adam Silver is somebody who's just really. Man, I, at the end of the day, like when this man's talking, I feel like a lot of people are respecting and listening to him. So when he speaks out on what the final decision about the NBA is, I hope he has a lot of medical opinions and obviously uh, all these things worked into it. I know the NBA, uh, uh, the NBA PA Players Association met, I think today or the other day, or something like that, to make a decision on that. 
I hope it's something productive and good and they come back and we all really just uh, are in tune. It, obviously, we're not going to have fans. That's not something that we're going to be having anytime soon. But you know what, man? Like, I'm excited for this sports to come back. If it's just the playoffs, got, that, that's okay. You know, but I, I, I'm just, uh, I want my sports back. The Last Dance was the best thing to happen to us. I, I know that was going to be released in the summer. But I'm so glad that they pushed that, you know, earlier to, to, to April to get this, uh, you know, to get a lot of us in the quarantine, you know, entertained. But I think that, we, you know, that brought a lot of life into what we've been going through. But I think we still need our sports, man. I think college football is, you know, they announced that they're coming back soon. I think that's great news. I think the NFL right around the corner is going to be good. Do I think the NFL, maybe the NBA with the scheduling conflict? I think that might actually be a better thing now than it probably is. Now people are just going to be more tuned into watching sports uh, than anything else, man, because they've just been having to do been watching reruns of the nineteen, you know, ninety eight finals, you know, uh, and it's just damn, like you know, we want to see some current stuff. So, uh, but yeah, for sure, I I would I would agree that you know Adam Silver, I think like I've said it before, will take more of a conservative approach at this. Mm-hmm. Um and from the rumors and everything, it sounds like they've got some things swinging towards like a June training camp start date. That's right. That's right. Maybe July as the season resuming. Um, like you said, you know, there's some teams that are on the bubble to get in the playoffs. So you know, I, I would say maybe I I believe that there is a, a something where it is contracted. They, they they're gonna have to play at least seventy games to fulfill some of the regional TV contracts. So, you know, you might have about 10 more games because I think a lot of teams were, were at the 60-game point. Um, so, you know, 10 more games, get to that little contracted, you know, 10 games or 10 extra games they got to play and then get get into a playoffs and, you know, go from there. But, I mean, incredible, bro. I think it's going to be fun to see. This was one of the greater NBA seasons that, you know, we were really kind of set up to see. Man, you're not kidding. In a long you're time, you know, a very balanced season. But, um, yeah, man, I mean... You know, it sounds like you know we pretty much had a similar reaction to you. I, I always ask because you know we we didn't have we haven't had a conversation before, and it's just kind of like, well, you know what what happened, you know. But um, how about the last dance, man? How do you feel about the last dance? Oof, the last dance. Let me see here. I think from everybody's reaction now, especially today, I think the most current thing. I'm it's it's great, man. I'm getting different vibes and different emotions every day as the time goes because of what's I've been hearing from the other players, you know, Horace Grant yesterday and then today, you know, you're hearing Scotty Pippen uh this morning talking about he didn't like, you know, how he's being portrayed and stuff. So now I'm starting to feel a little bit different about this. But at the end of the day, I'm happy with what the last dance brought to the table. I feel like it was more of an autobiography than it was probably a documentary. I thought it was a lot about what was going on in MJ's life and maybe how he envisioned things, man. But I think at the end of the day, uh, the man stays the goat. I think he will always be, you know, looked at in and, 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 and a very respectable way. And, and, and now this, this documentary has brought sort of like a, whew, sort of like a, a very different light on MJ, sort of like a, you know, the leadership role now that's being kind of like judged now, the, the way that he was bullying his other players and stuff like that. And that's really opened my eyes to, I, I want to binge this thing again, man. I really want to binge this thing again to really even get a better understanding of it. I've seen this at almost every episode at least twice by now. And I feel like it's not enough because there's just so much to really get from this documentary. There's so much, you know, juicy details in this. And I think at the end of the day, man, like, what what MJ brought to the table is just something so different and unorthodox, and it was just the greatest thing we ever experienced. And I, the hardest thing to swallow from this, and the and, and I, I'm not even from Chicago, and I'm not a Bulls fan, but when I heard in episode ten 
when he when MJ was when he came back for his seventh season and you lay it all on the table, you know, you had all the players that were willing to come back for the last, you know, for the next contract. Most of them were going to be on either one one year deals or they would have came back, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe Scottie Pippen had his, you know, deal with the contract because he wanted more money. But like, man, they could have gone for another one for sure. Like they could have easily gone for a seventh or potentially an eighth. And it, to me, like when you see this documentary and you have you have to swallow that pill at the end, you're like, damn, like that sucks. Like I'm sure these players, you know, and you hear MJ still thinks about it to this day. It's madness. You know, it's it's just madness that these guys didn't get one more year. Like we just, you know, how, how is it possible? And then you see, you see Scotty Pippen play seven more years in the NBA, you know, Horace Graham play what 17 years in the NBA. These guys play long established years. Like it's just so much to take from this documentary, man. So, so, so much that Jerry cross, like you could spend a whole, 30 minutes talking about if he was just the villain or if he was like some sort of secret master guru setting the team up, you know, and it's just like, you know, you don't know, man, there's just so much to take from this, but that's what I love about talking to other people about this and and getting their takes on this and really getting a full understanding of this. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely, dude. I, I think a couple of things you said right there, especially about the Jerry Krause opinion. I mean, I, I, I had the same opinion, the same feeling like, you know, do you think it was just a mastermind just trying to pull off? getting the best of a team that's really damn good. You know, you just things you just may never know and <laughs> just try to understand because it just doesn't make sense why you want to break it up. Um, and then, well, I mean, well, something I'd like to ask you, man, is let me something I, I, I've been thinking about still to this day after episode 10, Phil Jackson had what? What is what is your view on Phil Jackson and how you're thinking and, and viewing him? Because after episode ten, I don't know if I'm looking at him the same way that I did, you know, as I used to. Even you know, post with the Lakers and Kobe and Shaq, like this guy had another opportunity to go back to his team and recollect everybody. And I'm pretty sure uh, I can't. I, I'm, I'm sorry, for, I can't remember the owner right now of the Bulls at the time. You know, he could have probably just overstepped him and maybe just took Jerry Cross potentially, or at least advised to take Jerry Cross out of the situation. And now everybody could have came back, but I feel like maybe Phil Jackson just knew this was going to be the last dance and called it the last dance in the beginning of the season and just always had it, you know, in the back of his head, like, no, there's nothing that's going to change. And even with an opportunity given at the end to come back, because, you know, they said it, hey, you want to come back? He said no. And I'm just like, damn, like, is J- so J- Jerry Cross is, is a bad guy, don't get me wrong, but is Phil Jackson, like, I don't think he's as, is as good as people think he you know, him out to be, you know? Like, he could have, Michael listened to Phil. Michael always listened to Phil Jackson. Who's to say if Phil Jackson didn't come back and say something to Mike, see, you know, behind the scenes, bro, what could have happened? You know, you, 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 know, you don't know. And that's, those are things I just love thinking about and going back and learning about these documentaries. I'm like, wow, what could have, what if, you know, so. Yeah, I mean, that's the one thing about Phil was that just to understand is that he wasn't going to coach a bad team from my perspective and my understanding. And it's like, well, damn, I'm like, you know, okay, whatever. I get it. Like, you know, if if you want to go for a seventh, it's going to take pretty much the same commitment from everybody. That's right. And like Michael said, you know, Scotty, he, he probably, you know, he would be able to have to figure out a contract for him, like a one-year deal, but they would have figured it out and they would have got it done. Whatever it is, what it is. Um, the thing that, that did pain me, you know, about to hear is just like Michael was explaining that he at some point he felt like he was at his best, not just like, you know, he was he's already done had already done so much winning six in a row. But like mentally, like the preparation, 
you know, the game, it was all making sense to me. He just clicked and to quit at that prime. I think the beautiful thing about LeBron that we're getting to see, and not again, not to compare them, but to mm-hmm. what we're getting to see is that he he's he has that ability now to he understands the game. He's at his all time mental highness when it comes to like basketball. The body not so much, obviously, but that's the beautiful part about the game we're gonna get to see from LeBron right now, and unfortunately on pause. And that's what people have to understand. It's like, you know, like there's certain different phases. It doesn't matter who you think is the goal, who you think is better, but it's just appreciating like the little nuances of how great everybody is. Um, I don't know, man. I feel like I, I still I think personally feels like the greatest coach of all time still. Uh I think just the way his the way he's able to coach a locker room and manage the personalities. Uh, Phil Jackson? Yes. I, I think Phil, in my opinion, is one of the greatest coaches. I think I think he's the greatest coach, I can agree. coach yeah. hands down. Um, and this is his philosophies, man. The philosophies is something that you you just have to be able to find a philosophy, find something that works for everybody, and see that there's one common goal. And I think he does that the best. And that's what you've got to do because, you know, working with people, and you and I have worked with people, and it's just like, it, people can be difficult to work with and it's like you know but hey we all have a common goal man like we're trying to accomplish something for the better so like <laughs> how do we make these different dynamics mesh together and he does that so well um you i think one of the biggest the nicest things to see steve kerr have a very similar situation with the golden state warriors is that you know a lot of you know i talked about this on the last episode was that a lot of people saw steve kerr as just having great players but you still have to manage those great players you have to still manage egos uh you know draymond kd yeah, had brother. their beef man so you know not to get too much into that part but now i feel like you know it's tough with phil man if if they really didn't want if jerry Krause really didn't want him there if do we i don't know i feel like we will never know some of the finer details un, unless jerry cross come which is impossible at this point you know rp to him but it's really difficult it's really tough just to understand like what the reasoning was to end it and say, Phil, you know, I'm done with you. That's it. Like if they really didn't like each other, man, it's kind of, I don't know. You know, you're it, not, no, it's tough, man. It's yeah, tough. It's I tough mean, to imagine say. working with somebody, you know, <laughs> you don't want to work with for another year, you know, and he said from the get go, you know, you can go seven, 72 and oh, and, uh, you know, you, you're, you're not getting yeah, this back, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's, that sucks. You know, it sucks because Jerry Ronsdorf to me at the end of the day could have really taken matters into his own hands in his own hands and really make a decision either a you know jerry cross or you know i just feel like something could have been done brother and, I, and it's just so sad because it ah man like this is such a you can't you, such a good team the best team you know the dream you know you, you, i really think the 98 bulls man like they could have gone another year i really really do think about all these longevities what uh this guy ron harper went what three years with the lakers four years like he these guys played years after you know they played and, and at a high level, and it's just like, why did Jerry Cross think these guys are at the end of their their careers? Like, what made him think that? And Dude, I'm that's like, a really good like, point. That's a really good point you have there because I didn't even think about that. And here's the other part of it too: is that I I really can understand if some of these guys wanted to go off and make their max money because sometimes it's the max money they can make right there then and there because right, you play one right. more season with the Bulls, you risk injury. You know, maybe you know things happen, and you don't. Get I mean, that Scottie Pippen could have never came back either, bro. Like we could be talking this thing for all we know. 
and he could just be like, nah, dude, like I need the money. And that could have just railroaded the whole thing. That's true. Exactly. But I, but I also think like, man, you come to me and you also, you say, Hey man, you want a seventh ring on the line? I'm pretty sure Pippen would have taken a yeah, one year contract I, yeah, and would have done it. I just, I just think so. I really do. So for me, it's it that's the hardest thing out of this whole doc and there's so many things to take from this documentary there's so many things for me that's the hardest thing to swallow and i am not a bulls fan so i cannot imagine how hard that is for a bulls fan to swallow and i'm just like you know years later you're hearing this from from the goat's mouth you know he's like i could have gone another year and then you know it's just it's it's great man that's why you gotta love these documentaries these 30 for 30s because i'm sure you'll hear you know you'll hear 20 years from now you know, all the crazy stuff that happened in the locker room with the Celtics and the Cavalier series. And then when the Heat played the Cavalier, there was so much stuff that a lot of people don't know about that I'm sure will come out years later. And that's what we got to love about these documentaries, man. And then we'll look back when that comes out and then we're like, well, damn, what if what if Ray Allen didn't go to the Heat and he went to, you know, I forgot the other team he was considering at the time. That would have, oh my God, bro! Like the Heat probably would have not won the ring. Let's just be honest. After that, like that would have just changed so much. So these are just conversations we have to look forward to. And we have to just be thankful for, you know, in the world of sports that we have, um, because you know it just brings the best debates ever. Man, this goat conversation will never die down with with LeBron never, and, yeah. and Michael. <laughs> and now that this documentary Last Dance has just came out, it it just it just made it even a better you know a better a better debate and it's it's such a good debate because there's so many people after this documentary that will still think man mj was just the biggest bully ever lebron if he was given that same talent with the same coaching staff and the and and the and the, and the, and the management he would have done the same thing it's a great debate you know and all this other stuff it's just like man like who knows who who knows man and 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 this is just things I really loved about the last dance. And uh, like I said, I'm glad that I I'm gonna go back and binge these ten episodes again, bro, because it was just it was so darn good. Well, yeah, one of the things I wanted to quiz you want to put things into your perspective too of why I feel like the last dance is very important is that at what age would you say that you started to realize that you understand like what you're watching in the game of basketball, like like at what with MJ? No, just with like anything, like any era, like. At what age would you say, like, hey, like, maybe a year, like, okay, like, I understand what a pick and roll is. I understand why teams are good. Like, you had a comprehensive, like, perspective. Oh, like of, of the game, you the mean? Game. Like of the... You can, yeah, yeah, you can yeah, evaluate. Yeah, How old would you say you were? I would say to get a full concept of the game, like, on the drawing board, I would say maybe after high school. And it sucks because I wish I would have understood this in high school, drawing up plays, what a pick and roll is, what a screen is, mismatches, mi- it's crazy, and I and it's to me. It's I smile when I say this too. Even when I play two K and I watch, you know, the basketball and the, and the older games to the new games, the strategy never dies, man. Pick and roll is a thing that will just go on forever and ever. And these these strategies, even with football picks and all these different things, like these these are things that just years later we're still doing the same strategies. It still works, and so that's just kind of cool how we've innovated and changed these things years later. So I feel like if I would have learned, shoot maybe the, the 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 triangle or at least like what the idea of what the tri- the triangle what is the idea of a triangle there's a, a man always open with the triangle if i would at least know that the, that was the idea of a triangle man i would have known like what there's 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 game plans and strategies and that's when i really like after high school started getting a grip and i just that made me fall in love with basketball probably even more because i was like it's not just about shooting the ball and hoop and crossing people no man there's got to be movements there's got to be people moving without the ball moving without the ball is so huge and uh, that's just basketball, man. There's science with boxing. There's science with, uh, and that's just crazy, you know, boxing. Like, who would have thought? There's a science behind that with football, all these things. So, 
That's when I really would say after high school, I got a truly understanding of what that was. But I just fell in love with more of the strategy of football. I'm sorry, uh, uh, basketball, probably more than anything. Right, right. Okay, I mean, so you probably were maybe like, what, 18, 19? Yeah. Okay. I mean, which is fair. I mean, complete honesty. And in my opinion, I feel like a lot of the average person, it just depends like where you were at in life. And like, I would, I would understand if like prospectively, like you were more like involved with a different hobby than watching sports during like the ages, like 13 to 16 or 13. to 18. I was more into football. I was a right. huge football guy, probably into my later schools of high school. Um, and I can't tell you why I really, but I, you I was watching my basketball. Like, you understood like, okay, who's, who's a good defensive player versus like what, you know, you know what I'm saying? You probably couldn't go too far. Into yeah. Technical, yeah. For sure. For but sure. You understand like, okay, why the teams were good, right? Like you had a basic idea of like watching and comprehending like why teams were good. What what players were good? Why they were good? Like why why Randy Moss was good? Like you understand, hundred percent, hundred percent, right? So I mean, the, the point I'm making is that <laughs> make you feel old is that you look at a lot of kids that were born in two thousand or two thousand and one. They're about the same age you you were like post high school, getting getting right up getting right out of high school, right now. And if they were started to maybe comprehend a sport and kind of realize what was going on, man, let's say between the age of 13 to 18, you're looking at, you know, they're 20, let's say they're 18, 19 right now. You're looking at maybe only about six to seven years ago. And think about who was at the top of of the world in the NBA six to seven years ago, right? We're looking at the LeBrons. We're looking at the, the... the Celtics kind of fading out. You have D Wade. You got Steph and Clay coming up to this day. So they have mm. no idea of the 2000s NBA that we grew up on. KG, Duncan, Jason Kidd, Steve Nash. Yeah, man. They sure as hell have no idea of Jordan. This is why the last thing, the last dance kind of sets that prequel to our generation where we started to watch some of those guys, the Dirk Nowinskis, you know, Tracy McGrady, Kobe Bryant. Then. We get into the era now that a lot of these guys that are younger fans, guys and gals, starting to watch the game and really be involved with it. Man, they only really know Steph Curry, KD, LeBron. You know, uh, you got Trey Young now. You got the young guys, like we said. So, it the last dance is important. It's really important to just kind of set the tone and see because you know, at the end of the day, I believe Jordan was somebody who created. He was just he just was in an era where he was able to be the first, the first of what a lot of these guys have kind of been able to repeat again, whether it's become a global icon, you know, have their own shoe line. Like, you know, Jordan unfortunately was or sorry, he was fortunately in a good era, but unfortunately nobody is gonna be able to one up that, right? Like how do you one up being able to have a popular basketball shoe? You can't. Like Jordan nah, has man, you can't like Jordan's the first. Yeah, it's it's impossible. So, you know, I mean, kudos to him for being the first. And it's just certain things that, you know, kids these days that get into the, the game and start to develop will never know how it all came along. But Jordan was the blueprint. And so I think that that's how important the blast dance is. And hopefully my explanation. Oh, well, it's tough, man. You, 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 got, you, got, you got Larry Bird, who was trying to be a coach. And now he's the owner of the Pacers. And then you got... Magic Johnson. I, I don't really know how his relationship with Converse went and how he was trying to go with that, but I remember that he was more of a businessman. Right. Dodgers, Lakers, and did a lot of these things. I'm not saying he was on a level of success like MJ was. And then Shaq tried the shoe thing as well, and, and and to an extent that's successful in his own way. But like to me, like MJ, he he 
he is a GOAT in a lot of ways, but I tell you, like, he's not, I, I'm not talking about his management skills in Charlotte. Like, I'm telling you that right now. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to go now, on that nobody route. Nobody is, trust me. You know what I'm saying? So there's things <laughs> no that he's one. not really forte at, but like the shoe right. game, like, yeah, he owned that. And I think he did a really good job. And the thing that you learn a lot about Jordan was that he finds any reason to, to get that ambition and that drive to just, you know, kill you. No, no, quote, intent, no pun intended, but like, that's what he wants to do. And so I feel like he takes that approach with business, with anything. So he was the first guy. I'm sure Adidas would felt dumb as hell when, when they saw that. Cause I was just like, I remember I was with my friend and I was like, I bet when they heard that clip, when they said that he was his favorite company and that, that what was the response? We're not ready at this time. Oh man. Like, are you kidding me? And out of everybody, his mom says, out of just, everybody, his mom says, go sit with Nike out of everybody. It wasn't yeah, an agent yeah, or advisor. It was his mom saying, yeah, just go sit. And, and those are things like, you know, a lot of people don't understand. Maybe when you grow up, you understand like that really could have made a big difference. And so why, why I think Kylie and yeah, you're right. Jordan was the first one to get it. But I think Jordan was also the first one to get it and make the best of it, too. Because Shaq didn't do well with his shoes. That's true. And he was in that same era, too. He what is that Kmart. I, I repent in a way, in a way, I'm not trying to compare the two. Pippen had his shoe, too. And I love I had me a pair of Pippins and I kind of want to get me another pair. Pippen had his shoes as well, too didn't do so hot and he was like you know on the same level blah 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 i just feel like jordan took that that platform and just owned it and the whole sh- the shoe thing bro he's a f- you can now wear shoes with tuxedos and suits because of jordan like jordan did that he made that shit acceptable so like you know he he, he you're right ain't nobody gonna top that but lebron Absolutely. and steph curry these guys are now executive producers now these curry got a, a show coming on abc now where it's like it looks like I forgot what that one show. Everybody's just getting bombed on the like, you know, they're getting hit, and I'm like, whoa, he's a, and now he's got his own production company. So does LeBron. These guys are now bringing something really interesting to the game that, in a way, a lot of people aren't thinking about. I mean, I'm sure you are too. They're they're not bringing shoe. LeBron's got a shoe game already in in, in his own lane, but like now LeBron's trying to become like an entrepreneur in his own way and doing things that no other athlete will probably do it for a long time. Production entrepreneur shoe game considered one of the top five athletes of all time like lebron's doing shit that like it's just crazy bro and he and the school like i mean there's just so much you could talk about it but michael jordan like what he did as far as the first and few things that he had i feel like he took it and he owned it like the the political stuff he he can't own that like he 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 didn't take he didn't take that challenge well lebron like i feel like man like He's doing really new things and, and bringing new horizons on. And he's doing the same thing as what Michael's doing. He's just uh, bringing his, his A game to this, like Space Jam too. Like that's all his production company, man. I'm sure that shit's going to be top notch, 100% top, top, top notch because it's LeBron and his name's going to be on it. And it's going to be compared to Michael Jordan and his stuff that was in the past. And you know that he's going to, you know, you know, that's coming. Like, you know, it's coming. So. Absolutely. I couldn't agree anymore, man. Um... Just to wrap things up, you know, I always say that we do shout outs at the end. Anybody you want to shout out, man? Anything you want to shout out? Oh, man, I just uh, definitely want to shout out just Baseline Times for putting me on, man. They, you guys are just, it was awesome. I, I thank you guys so much for, you know, putting putting me on. But uh, oh, I guess just shout out, you know, everybody in the team for Los Padres. Uh, I'm sure they, they'll be listening to this uh, shortly. And, um, you know, I'm just really happy to be a part of uh, the show and and see where you know where where you go with this, man. But that's it. That's it. Absolutely, man. No, man. I appreciate you a lot, man. Uh, looking forward to have you back here or there when it sounds like we're actually gonna get a, a 
a light at the end of the tunnel uh, based on the NBA rumors, man. But yeah. this is this has been a pleasure, man, uh, to kind of sit down and do this. And, uh, you know, I mean, you got to make light out of some, some sort of like um, downtime of, you know, in the quarantine time. So, you know, another fun episode that I'm able to do because of the downtime. And I don't think this happens uh, as, as much as it's weird to say it, man. And, you know, obviously... No disrespect, but it probably doesn't happen without a quarantine in a sense. But we kind of connected, not because of the quarantine. We always we're always connected. It's just I, I, no, you're right, man. I think know. this quarantine's brought out a lot of the best in us in a lot of ways, and, and also reconnected old relationships we might have not had, whether it be personal, family, or whatever. Because I know, at least in my sense, I've I've been keeping in touch with some family members that I probably wouldn't have in this quarantine. Right. And I'm sure I'm not the only one. So you know, you're right, man. Absolutely right. And I, I'm glad in a weird, twisted way this. Uh, this brought us together so for sure yo real quick before we end here go ahead and plug social media where can we find you find some of your fire music yeah man absolutely so los padres is essentially the dj duo that i'm a part of uh we have a ton of music already out on the platforms of spotify itunes um you can definitely find us there just search uh los padres um we actually have a new song uh coming out tomorrow uh it's called casa stack on uh the infamous Tommy Sunshine. It's a big EDM DJ uh, coming on his label tomorrow. Um, but we, uh, you know, any socials, everything Los Padres underscore on the Instagram. And, uh, you know, follow us, guys. And we would absolutely really appreciate the support. Run up in your shit.